you know, I've talked quite a bit about the importance of using modern media and the opportunities we have to share on places like uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you know, all, all the different platforms that are out there. And so I was working on trying some different things today. And we've had a lot of things happening in our country with the racial issues. You know, I talked last week on racism in the Bible. And some of the times there were issues with race. And, and that really, ultimately, it's not race. There's only one race. It's the human race. And it's just different ethnic groups, different cultural groups, you know, color of skin cultural, social statuses, language, you know, these are some of the barriers that we run into. The, the message I want to share today is about being a new creature. When we become new creatures in Christ, you know, that's really important. That's cool. And, you know, it gives us opportunity to, to be so much more than we were before Christ. How that affects our relationship with other people in the areas of reconciliation, the areas of forgiveness, in the areas of love, all, all these different areas that are, that are so important with our walk with the Lord. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to look at a, um, a verse of scripture that's very familiar to us. It's one that you're going to hear if you're a believer. You shouldn't have to be a believer too long before you're going to hear this mentioned, uh, talked about. Um, it can be, uh, especially for new believers, a great uh, scripture to learn, early one to memorize, to hide in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's verse 17. I'm reading from the New International Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, or a new creation. Uh, the old has gone, and the new has come. And, uh, you know, that's one of those, you know, in the King James, uh, if any man's in Christ, he's a, a new creature. The old things have passed away. All things have become new, something to that effect. Um, but it's one of those verses where you're like, um, you'll hear about it, and it's, and it's shared a lot, and it's something that is a great truth. That when we give our lives to the Lord, we become a new creation. We become a new creature. It's And all of the old is gone. And we start off new as this new being, as this new life, as this one that is born again. What Jesus talked about with Nicodemus and kind of the whole uh, driving theme of New Testament belief and Christianity is that whole born-again experience where you have the Spirit of God come into you and give you life, and then you become this new creation. But I want to look at a little bit different focus than, than what we might hear a lot on that, because you know a lot of the focus when we hear about that is directed to individuals to let them know you know their life is new that the old is gone that um everything's fresh you have a fresh start and and all those things and, and that's great and that's powerful and it's wonderful and uh, but i want to focus just a little bit differently looking at um what paul's talking about here and the the reconciliation the ministry of reconciliation that we have um and, and what it is for us when we're dealing with other people uh, these other individuals in our lives so verse 16 it says so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded christ in this way that we do so no longer and then it goes on, therefore, uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And, and I'll stop there and then go back to that. But um, it, it starts off there 
in verse uh, 16 where he's saying, listen, we don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view. Uh, and, you know, what, what's a worldly point of view? What's the things that we look at from a worldly point of view? You could look at, you know, gender, race, uh, economic status, um, you know, physical appearance, abilities, disabilities, intelligence, you know, a lot of different things you can do from a worldly point of view. But, but Paul's saying, hey, listen, you don't regard anybody in that way. Um, earlier, he's talking about, you know, that you're looking at uh, their heart. He says, uh, uh, it was where he said, uh, this was like in verse 12, he says, uh, you know, you're not looking at or taking pride in, in all these other things, but rather what's in a man's heart. Um, not looking at all, all this outward appearance is what he's talking about. Not looking at who someone is in, in all these worldly ways, but, but what about their heart? And then that's where he says, you know, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. And what I want to focus in on with that is when we're dealing with other people in our lives, and especially individuals that are believers, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, we need to remember that they are a new creation, that we can't regard them in who they used to be. We can't regard them by the world's way of looking at things. Um, you know, and that can be really hard. Uh, think of someone that's, that's had like a family member murdered. Think of something really horrible. And then this person that did that gives their heart to the Lord. Oh my gosh, they're a new creature. You're going to spend eternity with this person. Uh, and, and that's where those challenges that come in in our lives as believers in being willing to be able to go to someone and forgive them for even some of the most horrific things, uh, someone that's been abused or, or something like that, being able to forgive that person that abused them, that, that raped them, you know, just so many uh, horrible things that happen in the world. We see, you know, some of these issues with shootings and things like that. Uh, I think about that church shooting a while back in, in the Carolinas where, uh, you know, racially motivated, going and kill people, and, and how quick the people of the church were able to come out and say, we forgive you. Uh, you know, and, and realizing that when a person gives their life to the Lord, they're a new creature. They're a new creation. And we can't judge them by all the other things we used to do. We have to start off new in this relationship. And it's so sad to see in the church today how often, even when we're looking at brothers and sisters in the Lord, how often we can look at it from a worldly point of view. Uh, we can look at race, we can look at gender, we can look at economic status, we can look at denominational barriers, we can look at so many different things that would cause uh, a lack of intimacy in our relationship uh, with others, with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, and I've been thinking about a lot, you know, when, when you see in Scripture, in the, in, the, in the New Covenant and in the New Testament writings, so much of what is talked about, and even that Jesus talked about, with loving others, with forgiving others, with dealing with enemies and stuff like that, a lot of what is being addressed is brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, and isn't it that sad that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord that can be our enemy? Isn't that sad that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord that fight against each other? We see it all the time, you know, because they don't believe this, because they believe that, because they, you know, practice some kind of thing, or they, they didn't agree with some book that was written or some doctrine or what, you know, just so many different things. And they'll be fighting against each other, backbiting each other, uh, talking about each other. And it's like, stop it. <laughs> Look at this person as a brother and sister in the Lord and be willing to love them and forgive them and have an intimacy with them. It 
doesn't mean you're going to have to agree with everything that they say and do. Uh, those of us that have physical brothers and sisters, we may not agree with everything that they say and do, and we probably don't agree with everything that they say and do, but we can still love them and still accept them. That's my brother. That's my sister. And so as we think about this verse and the, and the fact that they're a new creation, I, I just want to encourage us that as we go through our walk with the Lord that we look at each believer, other people that have given their heart to the Lord and say, but you know what? They're my brother and sister and they're they're a new creation. And remember, it's all new. So they need to be able to grow in that. They need to be able to mature in that. Uh, you know, we don't expect a newborn baby to walk and talk and uh, you know, change their own diaper or not have to have a diaper, you know, all these different things. We know that a newborn baby needs help. We know that a newborn baby is going to have to be fed. We know that a newborn baby is going to have to be changed. Uh, we know that a newborn baby is going to have to be transported and, and brought around and learn these different things as they grow up and as they mature and as, as they, even, at, even Jesus, he grew in wisdom and stature. He grew uh, in favor with the people around him. Uh, there was a growing time even for Jesus as as God made flesh. And we don't expect that with a, with a newborn baby. And we need to realize that brothers and sisters in the Lord, each and every one of us are at different maturity levels and different maturity levels and different things. Some of us may be more mature in prayer. Some of us may be more mature talking to others. Some of us may be more mature in Bible study. Some of us may be more mature in Bible reading. Some of us may be more mature in, in how we talk to others. You know, there's, there's so many different areas and we're all at different levels and different things. And there's some things we may be more mature than somebody else. There's some things other people are going to be more mature than us. And we need to accept that and live with that and go and find people in areas that we're not mature. Find people that are mature and help them have the opportunity to mentor us, to help us, to, uh, you know, watch them, uh, learn from them. How can I mature in this area? And in areas that we're mature and other people aren't mature, we need to be willing to, to reach out and, and mentor them and help them and, and live a life that they can watch and see and, and grow and mature and realize, hey, as a new creature... They have to grow in that. As a new creature, I have to grow in that. I um, mean, there's still, you know, lots of areas I have to mature in. I have to admit that, otherwise you'll ask Sylvia and she'll say there's <laughs> there's lots and lots. And, uh, we all at, have lots and lots. Yeah. But isn't it interesting sometimes how we can accept in ourselves the fact that we need to grow in some areas, but then some brother and sister in the Lord, we may not be willing to accept that they have to grow, and we may be like, why are they like that? Why aren't they more? You know, and judge them. I, I know none of you do that. Maybe I'm probably the only one that's ever ever had that issue, but something we can work on. And and then, um, and he goes on to talk about here in the, in this section, as we see that, that new creation, you know, all things becoming new. Uh, verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry and reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So Paul says, listen, this whole thing with the new creation, this whole thing, the reason we're not looking at people from a worldly point of view, it's all about reconciliation. It's all about God taking the opportunity and making the way to bring back that separation that we had with him and bringing us back together, reconciling us, uh, not counting men's sins against them. And, and that's why it is so important for us as followers of Christ to be willing to reconcile. 
Now, that's a pretty big word, isn't it? Reconcile. Come back together. Uh, stop the fighting. Join in peace. And the big important way that that's done that is that one word, forgiveness. That's why it's so important for us to forgive others. Uh, forgive those that trespass against us. Isn't that even the prayer that Jesus was saying, hey, when you pray, pray like this. You know, forgive those who trespass against us. Father, you forgive us. We forgive others. And didn't even Jesus say things like, if you don't forgive others, you're not going to be forgiven, you know, stuff like that. Ooh, that's pretty strong stuff. But it's so important for us to be willing to forgive. And again, remember, there are individuals that are going to, and I'm talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. They're going to say things, that are going to do things, that may even come against us, that may talk about us, that, uh, you know, may, may just offend us in so many different ways. Brothers and sisters that will do that, and part of the reason that that's happening is because they haven't matured yet. Yeah, they're a new creation, but they're still needing to grow in that. And one of the ways we can help them in that is to be there to forgive them, to be there to love them, to be there and not hold those things against them. How would you like it if every thing that you did to offend other people you were not forgiven for every trespass every mistake every wrong step that you made you're not going to be forgiven for it wow <laughs> and isn't that what salvation is forgiveness for all things he washes our sins away uh there's so many things that we say that we do that we have regrets right anybody have anything ever in your life that you regret you said you regret you did something in a relationship with someone else that you're just like you know what i could have handled that a whole lot better okay <laughs> everybody's like yeah someone was never someone was never had it <laughs> Isn't that great to be able to have forgiveness isn't that sad when somebody does something to offend someone else and there's no forgiveness. The really destructive part too, isn't it, for that person that doesn't forgive? Don't you see that? When you look at lives of people that, that are interacting and, and there's these issues that come up and there's these conflicts that come up and then you have this one that's been offended, they've been wronged, legitimately wronged. Someone did something wrong to them, but yet they can't forgive. You ever look at someone's life that doesn't forgive others, how sad it is? how destructive it is, how empty their life can become, and how filled with just rage and anger and bitterness and all these things. I mean, is there anything positive about unforgiveness? Uh, nothing. And yet sometimes there's people in our lives where it's like, these I can forgive, this I can do, but that one, this issue, uh-uh, that was just too much. I can't forgive them. Yeah. To forgive. We have to love. As a matter of fact, we have a ministry of reconciliation. God reconciled with us while we were yet sinners. Now we can reconcile with other people. Uh, and we have that ministry of reconciliation. We have that message of reconciliation. In verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's great to take for ourselves. We're the righteousness of God. God made us righteous in Christ. He's taken away our sins. We have this relationship with him. But remember, he did it for our brothers and sisters in the Lord too, even the ones that are sinning against us, even the ones that are doing wrong, even the ones that are against all things good in our lives. 
And we need to be able to forgive. We need to be able to love. We need to be able to walk in reconciliation. We need to find ways uh, in which our enemy can become our friend. We need to find ways in which those that are against us can be for us. We need to find ways that we can love them and share them. And that's why, you know, uh, it talks about, you know, Jesus would say, you know, if your enemy's hungry, give him something to eat. Or if he's thirsty, give him a drink. You know, these types of ideas and concepts that, that are there. And yet it's amazing how easy it is for people in the body of Christ to write off someone else. Because they believe differently, or they dress differently, or they, they use a different Bible, or they, uh, they have a different form of baptism, or they uh, just so many silly things. Uh, maybe the color of their, their carpet is the wrong color or something, or uh, whatever. Uh, so many ways that, that these conflicts come in, and they just aren't even willing to, to love someone, or reach out to someone, call them a neighbor that are right there. I wonder how many churches there are and, and how many different towns that, that, that have churches, uh, buildings where they meet. And here's this congregations uh, on the same block. And yet, if there was a need in that area, they wouldn't work together to, to help that need. Uh, if a flood came through, if a tornado came through and the neighborhood was in distress, this one would do their thing and this one would do their thing rather than saying, let's pool together our resources and let's, let's see how we can help uh, everybody together but oh no we don't want to work with them oh no we don't listen they're new creatures and we need to grow in that unity the idea of unity that christ prayed for is just so heavy on my heart it's like uh, how do we do that how do we reach out to that and one of the biggest things is forgiveness Uh, and then of course walking in love uh, do we actually love someone else? You know, Jesus said, we looked at it, was it last week or the week before? you got to hate your own life. And it's like, but how many of us still love our own life? How many of us uh, want our own comfort, want our own uh, uh, ability to make choices and decisions and all these different things that we have uh, instead of surrendering it all to him in, in such a way that we can be wrong, that we can have people do things they shouldn't do or say things they shouldn't say and still love them and still forgive them and still have a desire for them to have a relationship with God, yes, but all also have a desire to have a relationship with us people that we don't even want to be in the same room with say i still want to have a relationship with them i want to love them i want the intimacy uh, that can be there i don't know maybe nobody ever struggles with that stuff but apparently some people do because there's stuff like that in the bible praise god and i love the, this idea of an ambassador that we're ambassadors of christ um and And it's as if God makes his appeal through us, be reconciled to God. And how can we go to the world with a message of reconciliation with God if we can't even reconcile with our brothers and sisters in the Lord? If we can't reconcile with those around us that that just don't agree with us or against us or all these different... If we don't have any reconciliation in our lives, how can we share a message of reconciliation with God with others? How can we tell them you can have peace with a holy God when we're not even holy and we're still against someone else that did us wrong? (laughs) doesn't make sense. And the idea of an ambassador, you think of ambassadors in other countries, and they represent that country. And when you go to an embassy, what is it? Like you go to a United States embassy in another country, what is it? That ground is the United States of America. That's how... Uh, much authority an embassy has and an ambassador has. It says, if that country's right there, 
even though they're in another country. And that's what we are in the world. We are the kingdom of God in this world. And even though we're in a foreign land, even though we're in a strange country, and we're strange people, uh, strangers and aliens, uh, peculiar people, uh, we are that representation of the kingdom. We are those ambassadors. We are the ones that what we say and do should represent the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God and what God did, it's about reconciliation. It's about forgiveness. It's about love. We should be able to walk with reconciliation, with forgiveness, with love. And I don't know why I'm sharing this so strong, because it wasn't really necessarily what I was planning on, but God has a reason. Um, chapter 6. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And he's like, listen, don't just receive that grace in vain. Here it is. Here's the salvation. Here's the day. Here's the time. You know, you accept that. You live that. You you grab onto it. And it's not just about you. It spreads out to those others. Be that ambassador. Be that representative. Be that one that brings reconciliation. And then I love this next thing because Paul says in verse 3, uh, so 2 Corinthians 6, 3, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. I'll just stop there for a second. First of all, he says, we're not going to put any stumbling block in people's paths. And, and Paul was really good about this because even in the early church, there were those that were trying to do things that were bringing back the law, that were bringing back, you know, we've talked about the Judaizers that would come behind Paul. They would tell people, you know, okay, Gentiles, now that you got saved, now you got to be circumcised. Oh, now you got to follow the food law. And now you got to, and they'd start to bring Judaism into this whole new covenant, bringing the, I should say, bringing the old covenant into the new covenant and corrupting it and changing it. Paul was fighting this all along the way. He's like, we don't need to be putting stumbling blocks uh, in front of anyone else. Uh, I mean, Paul was liberal in his theology. What I mean by that is, I mean, he would even say things like, listen, you're eating meat out of the marketplace and it was meat that was sacrificed to an idol. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Don't be telling people that think it's a big deal. <laughs> Those idols are nothing. Those gods are nothing. It's just me. It's okay. Now, if your conscience was against you, you shouldn't, uh, you know, whatever, you know. But he, he was pretty liberal on that stuff. He's like, you know, don't worry about it. You can eat anything. It's, it's about God. He wasn't going to put all these stumbling blocks in the way. Uh, he's like, he's like, you guys don't have to go back and take the law. As a matter of fact, it's for freedom that Christ set you free. Walk in freedom. Doesn't mean you have a freedom to sin. Doesn't mean you have a freedom, a license to do anything. All things are acceptable, but not everything is expedient, uh, you know, and, and he was very open to not putting stumbling blocks in people's way, giving them that freedom to be the new creature that they were, uh, giving them the, helping them with that relationship with God, because he knew as we have an intimate relationship with God, the Holy Spirit is going to work all those things out. He's going to convict people of the things they need to be convicted of. He's going to work out the holy holiness in them. He didn't, Paul didn't need to do it with a bunch of rules and ideas and all these types of things. Instead, get people in a right relationship with God as they grow in their relationship with God. It's all going to work out. Praise God. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. 
Trusting in the Holy Spirit, praise God, instead of trusting in the Holy Catholic Church or whatever the name may happen to be. (laughs) And then he goes on and he says, um, rather, uh, that's verse four, rather as servants of God, uh, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, in hardship, in distress, in beatings, in imprisonment, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit, and sincere love, in truthful speech in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left through glory and dishonor bad report and good report genuine yet regarded as imposters knowing yet regarded as unknown dying and yet we live on beaten and yet not killed sorrowful yet always rejoicing poor yet making many rich having nothing yet possessing everything (laughs) what a list And Paul lived all that. And he's like, listen, here, don't put stumbling blocks in people's way. And here, you know, you're going to be beaten. You're going to be have bad report. You're going to have good report. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to be hungry. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad. And man, everybody knows Apostle Paul had some bad days. And he had some good days, too. And he's like, listen, I'm poor. I'm yet I'm making many rich and having nothing yet possessing everything because as a new creation in Christ Jesus I am a part of the kingdom of God that is eternal I have a city whose builder and maker is God I have an inheritance that is sealed and set apart for me in heaven and it cannot be destroyed no one can steal it nothing can corrupt it and so even though in this world I may not possess much even though in this world I could be considered poor I can make others rich, even though I may be sick or beaten or whatever is happening in this world. I can be bringing comfort. I can be bringing joy. I can be bringing healing. I can have sincere love and speak the truth of God and let that transforming power show people that there is a reality in the reconciliation between man and God. And God is in the world because God is in me. And I I love you and I forgive you even though you don't deserve it according to the world's standards but because of my God forgiving me I forgive you I love you I will reach out to you and I will grab hands with you and if you are a new creation in Christ we're brothers and sisters in the Lord we can work together we can change the world we can be the body of Christ that we're called to be Praise God. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words. I thank you for your scripture. I thank you, Lord, for the example that Paul lived. And I ask, Lord, that more and more in our lives that we'll be the ambassadors we're called to be, that we'll represent you in this world, that will walk in love and forgiveness. Uh, Those that are in our lives that we have a hard time with, that we don't want to forgive, that we don't want to love, that we can't reach out to, give us a tenderness in our hearts to Give and share the forgiveness that you've given us. Give and share the love that you've given us. Give and share the reconciliation that you've given us. And let us see more and more reconciliation with you in this world. More and more people coming to know you. More and more new creatures in this world. As your body grows and becomes strong. And as we prepare for the soon coming of our King and our Lord Jesus Christ. Who we are so excited to be able to see. In Jesus' name, amen.
the reason I want to share that is, you know, it's the whole focus of, of reconciliation. Here we live at a time where people are fighting and arguing and talking about the color of their skin or some ethnic backgrounds and things like that, history of America, um, so many different issues. And for us as believers, we need to be ones that are reconciling. Uh, we need to be ones that are uh, finding ways to build bridges and not walls, finding ways to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, even with different points of view. Uh, we're in a time in our country with so much division, so much separation, so many people going with their group, their party, their side, their, you know, doctrines, whatever it may happen to be. And we, we need to stop it. We need to tear down some walls. We need to build some bridges. We need to love others that are different than us, that have different cultural backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, different languages, different colors of skin, and be one ones that are part of a movement of reconciliation. And I'm not talking about going around and saying, you know, apologizing for something your great, 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 great grandfather might have done or something like that. But living in the day and today, the way that we can interact and how small the world has become with technology and the way we can reach people to, to stop having these divisions because of thoughts, because of uh, backgrounds because of education, color of skin, genders, all these different things, and be ones that are promoting unity in Christ through the Holy Spirit, where there's no slave, there's no free, there's no black, there's no white, there's no woman, there's no man. We're all one in the body of Christ, and we work together in love, in unity in Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that we, we can understand that and get to that point. And, um, you know, if you find value in, in what was shared with this message today, please... Uh, feel free to share it um, wherever you want to or need to, and, and I welcome comments. I, I believe that the message was very timely for the day and the, uh, the things that we're going through. It was so timely for today. I wanted to share it with you. Uh, love you guys. Please, uh, uh, again, share your comments, and may you walk in the blessings of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and have, find wisdom and healing and strength and power in his name. 